Well, happy Easter. How many of you have had a good morning so far? Maybe you got a waffle down there. All right. You looked for some Easter baskets. I had a conversation with a, a friend down there. I said, um, did you get an Easter basket? He said, I'm 18, Nicole. I said, well, I mean, my mom gave them to me until I was late into my 20s. I don't know about you. My mom's right here this morning. So, so <laughs> that's right. For moms. So one of the most heart-wrenching words in the human language, I believe, is the word closed. The word closed. Uh, maybe you plan for days that you are going to take the family to the zoo, and the kids are excited, and mom packs a special lunch, everything you need, dad takes the day off, you drive half an hour, and the sign at the gate says, closed. Then you start to argue about who was supposed to check the schedule on the website. I don't know, that happens in our house. <laughs> but you're so disappointed because that was the plan for the day. Maybe you begin a new relationship. You think that it's going flawlessly. You can't wait to talk to him that evening because you are about to suggest a spontaneous day trip together and you're so excited. But when you arrive at dinner, the vibe is a little different. Do you know what I'm saying? Does anyone know what I'm saying? <laughs> And before long, he closes the door, and that relationship is over, closed. Maybe you get to your mid-40s, and, and you step back, and you kind of take stock of your life and what you hope to accomplish, and you decide to stay at the firm that you've been working at and, and just give it your best shot. And in five years, after hundreds of late nights and, and long weekends and working vacations, when the promotion comes, it passes over you. And you don't get it. And the door closes on that dream of your career. Closed. You know, sometimes, on the other hand, all your career doors open. All your relationship doors open. Uh, maybe you make every team you ever try out for. But now the doctor says that you're very, very sick. And that diagnosis is bleak. And suddenly, no matter how much you've achieved, the doors start to close. But maybe worst of all, perhaps you've made it to the top in your career. Maybe you've had the relationship of your dreams. You've been healthy every day. Door after door after door has opened for you. And your life on earth has been very good and relatively easy. But the journey through all these doors had been a journey without Jesus Christ. And now you have died because that will all of us will, will die someday, and, and you stand before the door of heaven, and it, it is closed. Closed is a heartbreaking word, both in this life and in the next. And I believe Easter is the turning point for Christianity. Easter changes everything. That's why we made it our theme this year. Because with Easter, everything can change. And that is because God sent Jesus, his only son, to accomplish one mission, and his mission was to die and to be raised to life in three days. And after Jesus was beaten up and mocked and humiliated, they put him on a cross, and he suffered and he died. Uh, John 19.30 records this final moment. It says, when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. So then later that day, two of Jesus' friends uh, took his body off the cross. In the culture, they would just leave the dead 
on the cross and let the birds pick at them and let the, let the body rot. And it was just a terrible scene. But these friends of Jesus's begged uh, the, the people who were guarding, guarding the crosses if they could take the body. And they said yes. And so they wrapped him up. And in Jewish culture, uh, the way they would bury is like a mummy. They would basically mummify the body. And so they wrapped Jesus up in grave clothes. And they placed him in a tomb nearby. And it wasn't a family headstone. They, they uh, hadn't been saving it for this moment. Well, when Jesus dies, we'll put him here. That wasn't the plan. In fact, they just picked an unoccupied tomb that they could stash Jesus' body in for now until they could figure something out. Because no one expected this to happen to Jesus. And so Jesus laid in a borrowed tomb. And no one could ever dream what would happen next. They were all just grieving, not, not understanding why this would happen to, to Jesus after they got to know him so well. And so I want to read to you from Matthew 28, 1 through 7. And you'll be familiar with this passage. And this is what happens. It says, After the Sabbath, at dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. And the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. And the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified, but he is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. And then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you into Galilee and there you will see him. Now I have told you. God was sending us a message when he sent his son to die and rise again in three days. He wants us to know that he is in the process of clearing heartbreak from the world. That he is in the process of taking closed doors and closed tombs and opening them. But that is what he is doing for us. And that is what he does when we get to the end of our life, if we believe in who he is and confess our sins and trust in him. He is not here. He is risen. Not just his spirit, not just, uh, not, not just oh, he, he looks very at peace. He must not be there. His whole body was missing. He had a bodily resurrection. He was risen and he was exalted to the Father. The tomb was closed. The story appeared to be over, but Jesus changes everything, and he turns closed into open. I believe that the opening of the closed tomb of Jesus is the first step in God's efforts to show us that he can open unlimited amount of doors of hope for people who will trust him. That he, he is just in the business of taking things that look impossible and opening them. And so today is the day that the word open, we are going to, to write it on the large doors of our disappointments. Because of Easter, today is the day that we decide to stop giving up, to stop counting our losses, to stop walking around with the weight of the world on our shoulders, to stop convincing ourselves that there's nothing that can possibly change about who we are and the position we're in. And today is the day that Jesus wants to infuse hope in us that he can turn closed into open.
Now, I'm not promising that Jesus will make you a first-string baseball player or give you a dream spouse or a career advancement or send $1 million in an unmarked envelope in your mailbox. That's probably creepy. Okay, don't buy that. (laughs) But Jesus is an expert at turning the closed door of disappointment in your life into a window for his glory. And I can assure you this morning that he is risen and he is alive and there is nothing that can change that. There's nothing that can stop him. When he said it is finished, it is because all those years ago, in that moment, the work that Jesus came to accomplish has been completed. So whether we acknowledge it today or not, it is true. Whether, whether you believe it or not, it's true. That Jesus is alive, he is not in the tomb anymore, and he is here to meet our brokenness. He is here to meet us in those spots that we find to be completely closed, but that God himself can open. And so this morning, I come to you boldly, and I want to, to ask you in an act of faith today, no matter how dark the room feels in your heart, to write the word open on every closed door in your life. And as you do that, writing it with the resurrection power that I believe that allows us to have because Jesus did it all of those years ago. I think it's interesting. Um, picture the disciples later after uh, they, they realize that Jesus isn't there anymore. They go into a room and they lock the door. The scripture says it in John 20 because they're afraid. It's Easter Sunday and they're afraid that they're next. They were hanging out with Jesus. They were associating with him. And they're afraid, they just saw what happened, that something is going to happen to them. And so they are behind a locked and closed door. John 20, 19 reads this. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being closed where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. And as I read this, I can't help but think that God is communicating to us through this moment that when the door of hope has been closed, when you are standing in a locked door in a dark room full of fear, and you can see no exit for you and no entrance for God, that the risen, reigning Christ is not limited to human locked doors. And he just walks right in the room and looks at you and says, peace, have peace. And I'm believing that for us today, that on this Easter, God will do that again, that the door was shut, but Jesus was suddenly in their midst. And so I urge you this morning to to write in capital letters over every closed door in your life, just four letters, O-P-E-N, O-P-E-N, that God can change closed things and to open things, because he does the impossible. And then, after you do that, be like the psalmist in Psalm 130, 5 through 6. And it reads this, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word do I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. And you're waiting in faith, You're waiting and believing that God can burst through those impossible situations will be rewarded because the hope of Easter changes everything. The great word of the resurrection is open. 
open. He changes closed things to open. No door of disappointment will able to close you up in darkness anymore. Because there is an open tomb. There are open doors. The presence of God is open and ours for the taking, like we just experienced in worship. The authority of Jesus is open. He's just waiting for us to tap into it and understand how to, how to access all that he has for us. And his arms are wide open, desperately beckoning and calling for those who are far from him. Philip Brooks penned these words. Tomb, thou shalt not hold you any longer. Death is strong, but life is stronger. Stronger than the dark, the light. Stronger than the wrong, the right. Faith and hope, triumphant say, Christ will rise on Easter Day. At just the right moment, in the fullness of time, into a world of darkness came a light that would shine. An infant hope in a desperate hour. Clothed in secrecy, void of power, hunted by a king, assaulted by the wise. Heaven rejoiced in darkness despised, tempted, tested, human divine. Yet through it all, the light would still shine. Growing in stature, full of truth, in grace, the light appears in the most uncommon place. Rejected by others, they felt the embrace. Dinner with a sinner, a rendezvous in the night, in the midst of a storm with a boat full of fright. A man in a tree, a child on a knee, a captive set free, broken, battered, wounded, and shattered fractured and tattered. Their lives really did matter. Yes, through it all, the light would still shine. Threatened by change, exposed by acceptance, darkness attacked with lies and deceptions. Blasphemer, glutton, you sinner, liar, as the enemy stoops lower, love stands higher, higher and deeper, longer and wider, healer, teacher, friend, provider. Yes, through it all, the light would still shine. Religion unmasked and hypocrites taken to task Answers pondered in questions asked. Which is the greatest and who is my neighbor? How do we pray and who does God favor? These stories with truth, uncommon, uncouth. Forgive and let go, not a tooth for a tooth. Blessed are the meek. Forgive, forget, find when you seek. Turn the other cheek and forget not the weak. Yeast and trees, 
seeds and wheat, pearls and coins, hands and feet. Law fulfilled, love complete. Yes, through it all, the light. It would still shine. Then the storm clouds gathered, blacker than black. 30 pieces of silver, a stab in the back, betrayed, denied, condemned to die. A crowd's lie, a mother's why, a son's why. One last breath, and then the father sighs. The light disappears and begins to subside. Scoffers jeer, darkness dances, and evil cheers. The earth grows quiet, hope disappears. Will the light shine again, or is this the end? But then, out of the vastness of the eternal dark arose the faintest of hope, a tiniest spark. Amidst the silence, a voice can be heard. In the beginning was God, and God was the Word. In Him was life, and that life was the light. And all who received it were given the right, the right to be called children of the day, not of the night. Darkness trembles at the sound of that phrase because it was one day, then two days, and finally three days. And life began to grow, and evil began to know as the stone began to roam, and life began to explode. A resurrection is known. For at just the right moment, in the fullness 
for a waffle but here's what I want you to know that Jesus came because we are far from God that we are desperate broken hurting people that need a savior we need a savior from addiction we need a savior from heartbreak we need a savior from greed and from selfishness and from closed doors we need a savior from evil intentions we need a savior that knows our deepest need even when we can't put our finger on it. We just know that we aren't whole anymore. We don't even know why. We need a savior. And we deserve the darkness. We deserve punishment. But Jesus took all of that. He took all of that darkness and all of those consequences. And in one act, he stepped in our place. And on that cross, I want you to know that your face was in his mind. And he didn't feel angry and he didn't feel frustrated, and he didn't feel mad at you. All he did was feel how much he loved you. And he was thinking about you in that moment. And so this morning, he made a choice out of deep, unexplainable love. The place where we should have been, he made a choice to stay there, and he died on that cross, and in three days he rose again, and as we just saw, the darkness can't exist anymore. And you watched as each of these people turned a light bulb and they, they represent each of us, kind of every man, every woman. We all need a savior. We all need that darkness to disappear and it is closed, but God opens it. And I believe that he wants to do that for some of you today. And so I'm gonna ask you to do something brave. And I'm sure you came here this morning. You're like, I'm not going down front in that church. So don't even ask me. All right, I know, I know you said that. But this is what I'm gonna ask you to do. If your heart is just exploding right now and, and you just can't even explain what's happening or maybe it's not even emotional for you, maybe it's just mental that you have this situation that you need delivered from because it's impossible and you are drowning in it and you don't know how you're gonna take one more day and one more step because it hurts so much. I'm gonna ask you right now if you want to ask Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life and Savior in your heart that you would come down front this morning right here they made this great space for you and if you want to come and you don't want to come alone just look at the verse next to you be like hey come with me they will it's easter it's easter they'll come with you all right so come right now i know there are some of you and just make your way down here it's resurrection day there is hope the doors that you felt are closed are swinging wide open they're swinging wide open they're wide open would you come down you might, you might be sitting in your seat thinking, all right, I can't believe I'm even doing this, but God has your number. He knew you'd be here today, and he wants you just to know how much he loves you. That's it. There's no condemnation in this moment. If you're sitting at your seat, would you just stretch your hand out? We just pray for these people. You know, many of the people that are sitting in their seats have had this experience maybe just a few years ago or a few months ago. And so they, they can feel the excitement because they, they get it. They, they've had this moment where they have begun to see Jesus change everything about their life. And so this is what I wanna do. I wanna pray together. And you know, can everyone just repeat this together? Even if you're already a Christian, let's just do it to support these friends that have made this decision. All right, let's pray this together, ready? Jesus, you have opened the door for me. 
and I want to come in. And I am sorry for the things that have kept me far from you. Please forgive me. But I confess with my lips that I believe you are Lord. And I believe in my heart that you have done the impossible. And in Jesus' name I pray. Church, can you thank Jesus for this moment?